You are listening to a Radio Free Podcasting production. For more great podcasts like this, head on over to RadioFreePodcasting.com. Hi everyone, it's Carly, and today is May the 4th, aka Star Wars Day, and we here at the Radio Free Podcasting Network are celebrating with bonus Star Wars themed episodes on all of our podcasts. So grab some blue milk, curl up on your nerf skin couch, and enjoy this episode of the Finer Things Club. And may the 4th be with you. Club, a podcast about only the finest of things. I'm one of your hosts, Carly. And I'm your other host, Patrick. And today is a very special day for us today. Patrick, would you like to tell everyone why? Because it's a Tuesday. <laughs> Tuesday, May the 4th. So to start off, may the 4th be with you, Patrick. You too. Happy Star Wars Day. Happy Star Wars Day. So today, in honor of Star Wars Day, we are talking about Light of the Jedi by Charles Soule. General thoughts, what did you think? I really liked it. Um, I have read most of the Star Wars canon books. And even before the old canon, before Disney bought them, I had read most of it up until right towards the end. I couldn't keep up at a certain point. Um. And I liked those for a long time, but I had some pet peeves with them in that most of them were centered around the same time as the original trilogy and involved those characters. So there weren't really any stakes. Like if they wedged a book in between, you know, Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi, nobody was going to (laughs) die. So anytime they got in danger, you're like, well, they'll get out of it. Then they wrote a bunch of books that took place after Return of the Jedi and the plot was always the same. It went like this. Han and Leia were off doing something. Luke was off doing some other Jedi thing. Leia was usually doing something political. There was a new threat that somehow got them all together. They went on an adventure, and somewhere on the adventure, they'd bump into Lando, and he would join them. (laughs) (laughs) He just happened to be there, too. And, like, every book was starting to be the same. Um, But the thing that used to drive me nuts is they'd always have to drop references in uh, in the books to the original trilogy just these they, they were totally unneeded it'd be like and then leia looked at han and she remembered that day in hoth when and it's like yeah i saw that movie too you know <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to do this in every book um they did some some interesting things towards the end of that series bef- before disney bought it and they completely canceled out the entire canon where they brought in like a new a new type of villain from another galaxy that was like I don't want to say immune to the force, but like couldn't be felt in the force. And they did like an 18 book series. And it was really interesting. I know a lot of people, I've met a lot of people that didn't like it. I liked it because it was so different. And then when they wiped out the entire canon and started over, it was interesting. And I thought, I, I think they brought, 
in some ways it felt like they had kind of stepped it up a little bit, but then they started making those same mistakes. Like all the books are going to be set around the original trilogy and we're going to make these little references to things you remember from Star Wars and Empire and Jedi. It's like, I, I get it. Once again, seen those movies many times, don't need them referenced. It's, it made it feel, it made the, the, like the galaxy feel very small because Everything that happened involved these same people, and they're always referencing those those events that happened on those three particular days, you know. So when they announced that they were going to do this whole High Republic series, and they were going to go 200 years back in time, and it was going to be, for the most part, all new characters, I was really excited, because it meant none of the usual tropes, didn't know it was going to happen to any of them, because with the exception of one one or two characters, actually, there's maybe three characters on the council that are mentioned but aren't really utilized in the book that are still alive when you get to the phantom menace everybody else that's in this book they're dead by the time we get to the movies so we don't know if they're gonna die of natural causes at a nice ripe old age or if they're gonna die in these books so like i just don't know what's gonna happen mm-hmm. brand brand new kind of villain so it's not the other thing the, the the books did a lot of like oh there was this dark jedi that no one knew knew about or there was one other sith that no one knew about it's like <laughs> You got to come up with something new. So, so this was cool. The overall idea of it, uh, I was just excited about like new star Wars is always exciting, but, but new can mean like the newest thing that just came out or new is like original. And this felt new as an original, like here's an original idea. And you don't have to know any of the other canon, any of the other books or the comics. They've dropped some like hints to some of this stuff in the books and comics, but you didn't need to know it to read this. You could just start fresh, jump in, I don't know if you've read any other Star Wars books, but I felt like this was a great entry point that you didn't need to know anything. It maybe helped to have seen the movies, but <laughs> I mean, even then you didn't really need to. I mean, there's, I think the average person has enough of a general knowledge of Star Wars to know what a Jedi is just from pop culture that they could jump in and, and enjoy this. Yeah. So then, and there was never a mention of a Skywalker because there's no such thing yet at this point in the timeline. So it didn't all revolve around Luke or Anakin. So it was very refreshing. I enjoyed it. I really, really enjoyed it. And I, we can talk about this towards the end, but I can't wait to read the rest of the series. I've had the books piling up and I was like, but I, I need to read them in order. So I need to read the book before I can touch the comics. So now that I finally cracked open the first one, I can move on. Yeah, I agree. I, I really enjoyed it. And, um, you know, like, like you mentioned about the other books, I think with the exception of what I vaguely remember in my childhood, of reading a book about, the Phantom Menace, I think, uh-huh. um, as a kid, that would be the only other Star Wars book that I've ever actually read. Other than that, my you know way of observing Star Wars was always watching the movies. That was a thing that you know my dad and I really bonded over as kids, and as kids, <laughs> as I was a kid. <laughs> um, and uh, you know, I even flew out to the state he was living in when I think. Uh, episode two came out just to go, you know, watch it with him. So uh, it was really interesting to be able to see it in, you know, kind of written form this time around. And I really liked the characters and, you know, you know, before we delve too far into the book, I do think we should uh, give a general spoiler warning that we will be spoiling parts of Light of the Jedi mm-hmm. and then knowing us probably parts of the movies. So I guess if you haven't watched those yet, <laughs> you know. if you haven't seen the movies and we spoil something for you, that's your own fault. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> if you haven't read the book, I'd say if you if you don't want it spoiled, stop here, go read it and come back. Yeah. But. I need to make one more comment. I'm really, really, 
I don't know how I feel about the fact that you just said I read the Phantom Menace book when I was a kid. Oh, I feel so old. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure. I don't know. It had I went to see the Phantom Menace when I was in college. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Movies weren't in theaters when I was a kid. It, well, it's it's interesting when you think about it in terms of like as far as like star wars generations go we are two different generations of star wars i grew up with the originals and it sounds like you are the the right age to grow up with the prequel trilogy um so, so i definitely started with the originals uh, because that's mm-hmm. what my dad set me on um but i was but as far still, as like, like your first theater yeah introduction to star wars would be you know so which i think is why i don't hate them as much as a lot of the other, you know, fandom does. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I, the people my age tend to hate them, and and they're like everyone hates them. I'm like, really? Talk to someone that that was of the right age when they came out. I mean, people tell me all the time that no one likes Jar Jar Binks, and I'm like, I worked at GameStop when those movies came out, and we sold Star Wars figures and all the Star Wars stuff. And I can tell you, there were kids that loved Jar Jar Binks. They just did. It depending on what your age was, they just they would come in looking specifically for Jar Jar stuff. So I'm like. I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> yeah. But I yeah. certainly, I don't watch the movies and then just get annoyed at every scene that he's in. I I right. think he's a decent, you know, comic relief and it, it doesn't bother me to have him there. I hear you. All right, let's jump in. Let's do this. Okay. So before we talk about the book, I do always like to talk a little bit about the author. Okay. Um, and I did my research and got this specifically from his website. So this is what I can say is probably all true. Uh, But according to his website, he is a Brooklyn-based novelist, comic book writer, musician, and attorney. Um, I didn't know the attorney part. Yeah, yeah. I've actually been to a book panel that he was on when I was at New York Comic Con one year. Okay. I don't know how that would have come up, that he was an attorney, but he was there because it it was a Star Wars book panel, and they were talking about, I think he was either had just taken over or was about to take over one of the main lines of star Wars comics at the time. So it was like a big deal that he was, he was there. I didn't know who he was at the time. And since then I've read a lot of this, the comics that he's written and I really like his work. So mm-hmm. it says he's best known for writing daredevil, she Hulk death of Wolverine and uh, various star Wars comics, like you mentioned. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, I, I read a brief article that, you know, he was referenced in. Um, and he said that his, you know, background being an attorney really helped him with writing like Daredevil and She-Hulk because. Oh, that would make total um, sense. Yeah. They're both lawyers. Right. So, yeah. So that's my my general information about the author. So thanks to him for writing this really great book. And he is, I think, one of like four or five people that were like handpicked to handle this whole new era of Star Wars. He was. So I did research on that, too, because I really had this big question in my head as to, like, why is this canon? You know, like, is he just some random guy who wrote about Star Wars and they allowed it? Um, So it's him and uh, four other authors who, Mm -hmm. yeah, like you said, were all handpicked and they each have their own, you know, thing that they're working on. You've got Daniel Jose Older, who's writing the High Republic Adventures comics which they say is geared towards, you know, younger readers. Claudia Gray, who's written Into the Dark, the YA novel. Mm -hmm. Then you've got Justina Ireland, who wrote A Test of Courage, uh, which is geared towards, like, preteens, I guess. 
Mm-hmm. And then I don't know how to pronounce this because I didn't, I didn't look up his name, but Kavan Scott. I, it, yeah, it's either, <clears throat> excuse me, it's either that or, or Kevin. I'm not sure, but he has written <laughs> or Kevin. Yeah, he's written. He and Claudia Gray and Charles Sewell. I'm not sure about the other two have written other Star Wars books. And I've read at least one by Kevin Scott where he had sprinkled in some like Jedi talking about their history, made mention of characters that turned up in this book. So I'm not 100 percent sure of if it's like if he said, oh, I've mentioned these people in passing. Let me let me actually flesh them out and make them characters. I think it's more likely that this thing was already in the works and they started saying we're going to put some some Easter eggs in here that when people come go back and reread our old stuff, they'll be like, wait a minute, they were here all along. Mm-hmm. So Charles Sewell had written a comic series about Kylo Ren, and I think he finds like um, a Holocron or something. But it, he sees some of the the Jedi that were mentioned in this book all the way into the into the sequel era. So That's really they've cool. been they've been putting some of this stuff out there. But like I said, it's it's in such a way that it's not like, well, you didn't read the Rise of Kylo Ren. Well, then you can't read the High Republic because you won't <laughs> understand it. It's just it's just Easter eggs. It's just little little tidbits that we're going to sneak in that will make a you know make it more enjoyable on your second time through of going, Oh, I didn't, I didn't know who that was when I read this the first time, but now I do making the world feel more connected without making it feel small. The way that some of the other stuff did where only like seven people did everything instead. It's a big world, but there's connections, Mm -hmm. which I like. Okay. So getting into the book itself, Mm -hmm. my very first impressions getting through the first, I want to say like five chapters I was very <laughs> concerned. I was like, what kind of a book am I reading here? Am I going to go through every single, you know, am I going to lose a character every single chapter and just never have a protagonist? Yeah, I felt the same. I, I, that's how I, when I started reading it, because I started it by actually reading the book. And then at some point I decided to switch the audiobook, And I'm like, let me just start over because I don't even remember what's happening. But I was doing a thing where it was like, I was reading a chapter day. And in the beginning, each chapter is a new set of characters and they pretty much all die at the end of the chapter. And I was just like, okay, how many times are they going to do this? <laughs> yeah. I was like, this is a very dark book. And it was not what I was expecting. Yeah. And then you do hit a point where it all starts to make sense. Mm-hmm. And you're like, okay, I see what they're doing. They're showing how this the kind of the story of what happened in this collision passed from place to place and got handed down until it hit the right people who could actually do something about it. I'm like, okay, now I get it. Cause at first it was kind of like, here's all these new characters and now they're all dead. Okay. <laughs> chapter two, here's all these new characters and now they're all dead. Wait, what's going on here? <laughs> Why are we doing this? Mm-hmm. I've, I'm used to that a little bit in some of the star Wars books where every chapter is going to introduce new people and then we'll bring them all together in like chapter five or six or seven. But because everyone kept getting killed off, I'm like, I don't understand why this is important. Right. We introduced this crew of this ship. And then you think you find out later that some of them survived, but it made it seem like the entire ship was destroyed. And everybody you just met in that first chapter, they're all gone. I'm like, okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I mean, they surprised me. So it was a good trick. It was a good trick. It I was. didn't expect when the uh, pieces were coming out of hyperspace for there to be a, a, I'd kind of forgotten about the original ship as far as all the people on board. I'm like, Oh, there's a, whole container full of survivors okay you got me i i had forgotten about them by this point <laughs> as soon as they started talking about like oh let's blow them up when they come out of hyperspace i was like no yeah. wait <laughs> yeah wait a minute i was like wait a minute that's this is too easy um okay so characters i gotta say i really really enjoyed getting to have a female protagonist in a star wars story that um first of all finally got to be a jedi 
because my whole history is, you know, you've got Leia, who's like not really a Jedi, but now I guess she kind of is. Um, and you've got Padme, who also is, you know, so awesome. Love her. Um, but again, not a Jedi. And, and those are the two like main females in Star Wars. And you go into the prequel trilogy. If you've seen the originals, you know, she's not going to have a happy ending. Mm-hmm. Like, it's kind of a bummer. Like, you you meet Padme and you're like, in the back of your mind, you know, you're thinking, OK, don't get too attached. Right. <laughs> Whereas what I one of the things I liked about this book and the number of Jedi they introduced and just the number of characters overall is at no point did I know which ones were going to make it through the series. Like I knew there were going to be a lot of books and comics and who knows what other kind of media they might add to this. They could do like mini animated. I don't think they'll do a movie in it because I feel like this book kicks off everything. So unless you were going to adapt this into a film, it'd be really weird to do a film or a Disney plus TV show in this era. But I bet you there's going to be a ton of other things that they, they write. And as I was reading, this book also kicks off like, section one of their like high republic rollout and there's gonna be like three major sections of it so this is gonna be going on for years mm-hmm. and when i was reading that i was like okay they introduced a, a ton of people not so many that i couldn't keep track of them all but enough that when i'm reading i'm like i don't know who the main characters are because some of them could just die in this first book some of these jedi might not make it out and be, it might be like their apprentice turns out to be like the hero of the book or something who knows you know and that was fun no, not knowing right away are are all of them important are some of them going to you know, rise to the occasion during this book and turn out to be the protagonist later? Or are they going to introduce you to a few people who might be important in like section two of the major rollout? Like it was cool. It wasn't just like, okay, here's our new guy. He's a lot like Luke because <laughs> <laughs> we have no new ideas and he's going to be the new guy for this. You know, it was like, okay, it could be any number of people. Right. And it wasn't just Jedi. You had you know, like the husband and wife fighter pilot guys mm-hmm. that were that were in there. You just have they they did a good job of different types of people that are involved here. You have some the politician side, you have the, the Jedi, and then you even have some just some some normals, some just random people in the galaxy that are going to be part of this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was very kind of Game of Thrones reading it for me, especially yeah. when they got to the scene where they were trying to stop the that you know really explosive material from flying into the sun and destroying mm-hmm. everything. Um, I think they lost like five Jedi doing that. They were yep. like, oh my gosh, yep. <laughs> please stop. We need them. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, that's the other thing you're, you're reading about a time when you know that there's supposed to be about 10,000 Jedi. So, you know, some of them are expendable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a nice thing versus like a time period where it's like, okay, well, Luke's rebuilding the Jedi order and he's got like three new people. So if one of them dies, that's a quarter of the order. They won't do that. No one's going to die. You know? <laughs> Mm-hmm. I, I liked a lot of that. It just felt like there were stakes versus a lot of other books I've read or, or, or what I, what really bothers me is not, I don't want to say bothers me, but when they shoehorn something in between things you've already seen, like, well, we don't know what we're going to do with star Wars in the future. So we're not writing new books after the movies. We're going to give you a bunch of books that take place in between two movies you've already seen. It's, uh, well, kind of already know how this ends. Right. It, it ends where it starts. Like you can't, you have to end up right back where you started in those cases you end up with the exact same status quo. You can't change anything too much. Um, so this was cool. Anything could happen. That's what I like about it. Mm-hmm. And if you, they could, they could totally make me get attached to these characters and kill them off later. And it will actually feel like it meant something like they're not just, you know, like in star Trek, they, when they refer to them as the red shirts, like <laughs> they're like, we are going to go on this really dangerous mission. It's, it's like Kirk Spock bones and you there, what's your name? <laughs> 
It's like, well, he's dead. So, so that's what I liked. Any of these people that even made it through this book could be really important down the road. And then there's, I, there's stakes. Like when they get into danger, I'm not going to be like, well, they're going to be fine. So who cares? Or right. I, I know how this will end because this guy that they're just now introducing in this book is going that direction. Okay. That's the ship that will blow up. Mm-hmm. I also really liked how they explored how each, maybe not each Jedi, but you know, a lot of them had this sort of like special connection with the force. Um, yes. You've got the, the young Padawan who's, you know, really great at feeling emotions. And then you've got, um, how do we pronounce her name? Avar. Uh-huh. Um, who, you know, can really connect people together. I thought that was really cool and something that you, you know, you could say does exist in the movies, but you really don't get it explored much. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I thought it was a, a different way to really look at the Jedi and show like what really does make them special and, um, you know, a big part of this universe. Yeah, that they each have a different relationship with the Force that, like like you said, you see a little bit in the prequels with, you kind of can tell that, Qui-Gon has a different philosophy from the rest of the Jedi, mm-hmm. but they didn't, they don't really explore like maybe in the Clone Wars cartoon might've a little bit. It's been so long since I watched it, but the movies didn't really have enough Jedi that you got to know to say, okay, this one's really good at this. And this one's really good at this type of thing. And when you bring them all together, you've got kind of like when they do a heist movie and you're like, all right, we need each specialist. Like this is the, this is our bomb guy. And this is the <laughs> one that knows how to cut. You know what I mean? Like when you send them on a mission, you can have a lot more fun with it. Cause you can go, we need these seven. Cause this one, this one is, is really good at, you know, they call, um, mind touch in this case, or the Jedi mind tricks, you know, like if they all have their special skill, it makes it really fun when you, when you do a team up like this, where you've got a bunch of people working on it. So I like that a lot. Mm-hmm. Instead of just like here, this Jedi that is the central character is just all power and can all powerful and can do everything. And and if we get them into a situation that we need to get them out of, we're just going to tell you about this new Jedi power that we're inventing right now. That oh, you didn't know they could do this. <laughs> it's like <laughs> that's the kind of stuff I didn't like. In the in the later books of the old canon, they would like send Luke to these different planets to learn different Jedi techniques from different force users that weren't Jedi, you know, so he'd learn a new way to use the force and it would just happen to be what he needed in that particular book. Right. Whereas this, you're telling us that, okay, all these different people have different gifts and different skills that we don't know about. And and there's a better reason that we don't know about it. It's because by the time we start watching star Wars movies, there's only a couple Jedi left. So you're, you only get what they've got. And when you think of it in those terms, like, okay, 10,000 and they all have unique gifts there's going to be a lot of stuff that I didn't know Jedi could do. And now I'm more open to it than if they, they do it moving forward, like all the new Jedi, like the next director that comes out and does whatever comes after the sequels is like, well, now I want Jedi to be able to do X, Y, and Z. Then you start to go, but, but they never could do that before. This is a much, much more realistic to me to just say, but they're each a little unique. They've got different gifts. Right. I love it. And they each have that own different way that they connect to the forest where it says, you know, Mm -hmm. this person sees it as like an ocean and this person sees it as like a song. And um, I thought that was really interesting. Mm -hmm. Uh, Should we talk villains? Yes. So when I heard they were going to do before I knew the time frame, and they said, we're going to do a book series that takes place before all this. And it's going to be in the high Republic era. I immediately went, okay, does that mean they're going to do like the Jedi versus the Jedi Sith war? which I didn't want because I'm hoping they save that for a movie or even like now that they're doing TV, like a Disney plus series. I want to see like a game of Thrones style series that shows me that, like give me the Jedi, the Sith, the Mandalorians, and and maybe get a couple other factions in there and put them all to war. I don't want to read about it in a book. I want the visuals for that. Right. 
And then when they said 200 years before, I'm like, then it better not be the Sith because then they're breaking their own canon, right? Mm-hmm. But then I started to think, well, then what can go up against the Jedi if you're if non-Force users? But I love what they did and they're, they're, they're like pirates and there's that turning point towards the end of the book where they just decide gloves are coming off. We're not going to, we're not going to fight like normal people would fight. We're going to just, you know, when they were like dumping oil on the ships and and that kind of stuff, I'm like, okay, well now I get it. Cause the thing is the Jedi have all these gifts, but they also have a code. So they're going to go up against people with no code. Now I feel like you've got an even playing field. These guys will do whatever they have to do to win. And the Jedi will not, they have, they have uh, parameters they have to operate within. And that's where they're going to be more interesting conflict than why I have the force and you also have the force and we both have lightsabers. So we're evenly matched. This is going to be totally different. And I, and I'm, honestly, we'll get into the, the main villain, the eye and something's up there. Oh yeah. You know, something's going on here where he's got some kind of vendetta against the Jedi that we'll, I think we'll find out about more later in future books. But I like that, that whatever that is, they didn't dive into it all the way. They hinted at it. Right. Because part of me would have been like, why, why are you going up against the Jedi? You know that, you know, you know, they have gifts you don't have. And when they, when they introduced that idea, I was like, okay, all right, I can buy this. Mm -hmm. Like he's had this motivation all along. He's got something, he's got like an ax to grind with the Jedi. So this is, this is good. And he's kind of manipulating the Nihil to, to fight differently that they're moving from staying in the shadows where no one will know about us and we can take whatever we want and just on small scale to now we'll take anything we want anywhere. And we're just going to, instead of hide from the Jedi, take them on head on. I, I feel like they earned it, you know, like instead of just going, no, this happened and now they've been revealed and I guess we're gonna have to fight the Jedi. It seems to be his motivation. This was the whole plan. Eventually we were going to take him on. Yeah. Yeah. And I gotta say, I really, I don't know. There's something I appreciate about a villain that tries to think, you know, 10 steps ahead. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. you know, as you slowly learn, you know, towards the end of the book is that, you know, this wasn't an accident. Like he mm-hmm. made this happen from yes. chapter one. Um, yeah. And it's that kind of stuff that like, that's a great villain. I, I really like smart villains like that. Yeah, because they kept changing. So I guess we should just briefly mention what kicks this whole thing off is oh, yeah. <laughs> a ship crashes into something in hyperspace. And mm-hmm. there's, that's not supposed to be possible. I also like that they they did something that I don't know if it's really been done. And, and they may have just reinvented what hyperspace was. But they explained how they go through hyperspace. In the past, I just looked at it as like, they're just going so fast. How do they not run into anything? Right. And then when you start thinking of it in terms of, no, these are lanes. And they even, they 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 made it real simple to go like, we don't really even understand how this works. It just works, right? But it's not like just going super fast. You're in a lane that kind of changes the physics of how you, how you travel through space and time. Mm-hmm. And so it shouldn't be, that being said, it shouldn't be possible to hit anything. But then they hit something and they don't, immediately tell you what they hit or why they hit it. They save that. And then in time you get about halfway through and you're like, Oh, I see because these guys have their own lanes that they're using. I think they call them paths. Right. Mm -hmm. And so somebody must've drifted in front of the ship. And it's not until you, to the end of the book, you find out, Oh no, no, no. He put something in the ship's way to kick this all off. Cause you do get to a certain point in the book and you go, okay, I see how this all started. They accidentally crashed into one of these Nihil ships and that kicked this whole thing off. And when you find out later, it's like, Nope, this was all a setup. I was like, cool. Okay. Because now it makes a little more sense of why has this never happened before? Right. And actually that they've managed to, to slip in and out of these paths without hitting anything. And it's because it, 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 it technically shouldn't be possible. And I, I was much happier with that. And I'm like, I like what you said. Like you find out the villain, it wasn't an accident. He's been setting this up all along. 
And I'm curious, like, what his original plan was. Like, I'm assuming he wanted them to collide. And then, you know, did he expect all of the emergencies to happen out of this collision? Because, you know, my understanding is that they, they didn't crash. You know, the captain swerved the ship to avoid. Right. Um, and then that just ripped their ship into pieces by doing that. So I'm, I'm thinking, like, right. he couldn't have expected that. But so did he want the emergencies to happen and, you know, start destroying this area? I I imagine, like, even if he just figured these two sh- like two ships will collide in hyperspace that somehow it would get back to the Republic that this happened, this thing that's not supposed to be hap- mm-hmm. happening, not supposed to be possible happened. And that the Republic would have to then shut those, those hyperspace lanes down until they figured it out, which would just do the thing that they were pretend like he was pretending he didn't want to happen, which was draw attention to their, to their existence altogether. Mm-hmm. So um, the emergences might've just been like a, lucky side effect for him right. and it's like the the, the 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 tragedy was even worse than he could have imagined but it might have just been a way for him to say we've got these paths they don't know we're using and i want to i want us to be revealed to the republic so we'll have to go head to head because who will they send after us they'll send the jedi and i'm guessing that like i said the 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 all that destruction that happened as a result of it was just bonus it's just like okay cool i didn't expect this um because like you said if he didn't anticipate that the ship would miss then even the Santeca, I forget her name, the one that he has mm-hmm. that, that figures out the paths for him, then she shouldn't have been able to predict that either. Right. She would have, she, she could probably, you know, pr- predict afterwards where the pieces would go, but I don't think she'd be able to predict that a ship would miss it. So yeah, that's kind of my guess is just, he just wanted chaos that would force them out into the light because they talked about the way the voting worked. Like, the other three each get a vote and a tie goes to him. But if all three of them vote to stay in the shadows, he would never get his way. And he never revealed that that's what he wanted to them anyways. Right. And, um, part of it just might be, I mean, he's, he might just want to slowly pick off the three of them. Cause he figured, like he said, one of them killed his father. He doesn't know which one, but he'll probably eliminate all three and then take the night hill for himself at the end to be the last one. But it's not just, you know, murder by Jedi. He's not just setting them up. He has his vendetta against the Jedi too, which is going to turn it. I mean, I, I'm, I'm so interested in this because like I said, we don't know who these characters are and we don't know where they end up by the end. Mm-hmm. We know that they're all gone in 200 years, but we don't know how much of it is as a result of this and how much of it is they just died off and passed on what they learned to somebody else who eventually gets killed by Anakin and the, <laughs> the clone troopers. <laughs> but... <laughs> I mean, I just, I find it so much more interesting than if this story was, let's say the story was set 10 years before Phantom Menace. I'd still be kind of like, well, it doesn't matter because you're all going to die in the purge in 10 years anyway. You know, I wouldn't want to get that attached, but, but I'm just so much more invested in this because it could go on for quite a while. Like they say, this is in three phases. There could be a space of time between the three phases. This could, this could be a story that takes place over 150 years for all we know. So this is very cool that they did it this way. And I, I kind of like also that they didn't go so far back that they would have to like change the technology and like things wouldn't be like you, you still feel like you're in that world. But right. if they said like, oh, this is 10,000 years before and they're using the lightsabers. Like, like, I don't know if you've ever seen the artwork of like the early, early days of the Republic when Jedi had like lightsabers that had a cable that attached to, to a power pack on their belt, you know, because they didn't have the tech to have like little handheld lightsabers. I'm like, I don't want to go back that far. Oh my gosh, I've not seen I that. I don't. <laughs> No, yeah, like I don't want to go all the way back to when we're just figuring things out or 
like this is perfect. This is the perfect time. There's a, enough of a connection. Like it still feels like the same place, but we, but nobody's familiar. And I'm glad that they mentioned Yoda, but he's in, not in it. I don't need Yoda to be in this. I don't need any of the characters we know to be in this. Yeah, I appreciate it. It's fine. That too. Like they kept talking about him, but, but he's over there. He's off doing right. like, I think they said he was on like, like a sabbatical. Was, or something. Yeah, he was on leave. I thought that was so funny. Yeah. <laughs> Which was good. I'm so glad they did that. Like, just leave it alone. And, and they might be, you know, part of that might be like Lucasfilm said, don't use anybody we know, because if we want to do a Disney Plus series about Yoda, the early years, like then we're not we're not like kind of stuck with anything you've committed him to doing. That might be part of it. But also as a reader, I'm just glad I don't I don't need it. I, like I've already just made the decision to read an expanded universe Star Wars book, like beyond the movies. It means I'm okay with not having a bunch of stuff I already know. Right. So and I, cool. I think I did read in my research that one of the. Um, I don't know if it's the comics or the YA novel, but one of them focuses on this group of Padawans that Yoda has. Um, so I don't know if it's just them on their own or if he'll make an appearance in that too. Um, well, okay. So I read a little bit about it. I think it's the, the fifth book in the series that they're doing. It's going to be in the fifth book. And at this point in the story, the um the republic has sent someone to the temple to instruct the jedi and like yoda has to leave and so some of these padawans get together and because they don't feel like they're actually learning anything from this this republic person because they're not actually a jedi so they get together and they meet in secret and they call themselves yoda's army and (laughs) (laughs) i'm just making all this up I was waiting. I'm like, when's oh, she going to know what I'm talking about? <laughs> I was about to talk about the little Padawan with the scar on his forehead, mm. but <laughs> I didn't get that far. Well, I'm like, should I, should I say the person from the Republic's <laughs> name is Umbridge? Nah. <laughs> they get in trouble and they have these little lightsabers and they have to write with them and it carves into their hand. <laughs> All right. I, sh- I shouldn't do that because I should not tell lies. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Okay, um, so let's talk about some of the other Jedi that we really liked. Um, I really liked Loden Graystorm. I thought he was a great character. And just to make sure we're thinking the same person. And this is one of the problems. This is probably the only problem I have with with doing the audiobook is like when, when you're reading a book, you can back up and go, okay, wait, which, which Jedi am I looking at? And when, with the audiobook, it's like, they say the name and we move on. Right. And I'm like, I'm not going to rewind because I'm walking around the house, like mm-hmm. doing chores and stuff and listening to the book. But this is the guy... He's the one that gets captured by the end of the book. Yes. 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 Okay. We are thinking of the same one. Yeah. Just making the one sure. Who I shoves his apprentice off of a cliff. Off Love of a cliff. That. Yes. Yes. Loved him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I liked him a lot. And I actually, by the end of the book, I didn't think he was going to make it. And he still might not. They've, they've put him in a, in a place where he may not make it. But he was one of the ones that made me think like, okay, they're developing his Padawan now. Mm-hmm. And I, I wonder if this kid's going to rise up to be like a, a more important character than they're setting him up to be. And that means that his, his master is going to be the Obi-Wan of this book. That's going to get killed at the end, but they could go a different route where in the next book, he, he thinks his master's dead, mm-hmm. you know? So there's a lot. And I, I thought it was, especially when he did a thing where they, they made it really clear that he told him like, you're, you're a Jedi Knight now. And I'm going to make sure other Jedi hear me say that you're a Jedi Knight now. I was like, oh, he's dead. <laughs> like they're doing this on purpose because like he won't he won't be able to come back and tell the the council that his his Padawan should be elevated tonight. I'm like, oh, poor guy, he's gone. 
Um, but then they surprised me when he was like, nope, the guy, he didn't want to do it until his master could be there for it. So it's like, okay. So they, they've, they're throwing some surprises out. They're not right. doing the typical stuff you'd expect them to do. They're not trying to mirror the things that we've seen before. So I like that. Yeah, and I'm really interested as to why the Eye needs a Jedi. Yes. Because when I was reading it, I kept thinking, what's so important about this family they're kidnapping? I, I'm like, I started to think, did I miss something? Did I? I felt like I missed something. Like, why do they need them? And then you find out at the end, oh, I don't need them. Yeah. I just knew it would draw the Jedi out. I was like, okay. I was supposed to be wondering that. I was I was legitimately thinking, I might have to back up to where this this thread started. I might have to go back and read this again. Why did he send them there? Because I'm not understanding why they need them. And they kept... They they captured the family and they kept throwing them out. Like mm-hmm. they threw the kid out, and I think they threw the wife. They're just like dropping people as they go. I'm like, what are they doing? Right. I'm like, oh, breadcrumbs. Okay, I got it. <laughs> yeah, because it's like you're you're throwing away your ransom here. So they just happened to be a family that lived near where he knew there was an outpost. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that was that was smart. This made sense. Yeah, and then to find out that he was the one who actually made the phone call. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I like that. Because when he's like, they're like, oh, we've met before. I'm like, you did? Did I miss something else? Yeah. Damn it. I think I missed something else. I, I started to get worried. Like, I, I feel like I've missed a whole section of this book that I need to do over. And they go, okay, no, 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 no. They're just revealing what I wasn't supposed to know. I feel a lot better about this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I was kind of panicking. But that was good. I mean, that means that I didn't figure it out. It wasn't like I was about two thirds of the way in and go, okay, I know how this is going to turn out. I mean, maybe you did, but I certainly didn't. I didn't know that that was the whole plan. I, I was believing like a lot of these things they were doing just kind of backfired and the Jedi picked up on the trail and right. found out they existed just to find it at the end of the book. Like that was the whole plan, his whole plan all along. I'm like, okay, cool. I think we've got a good villain here. Mm-hmm. Especially what he did to uh, Kasav, one of the other Tempest. Yes. Um, that was brutal. Yes. Like the whole time, once once they, they showed us that there was this huge, you know, army surrounding them, I was like, oh, they're dead. They're dead. They're, this is a trap. He did this to them on purpose. Well, and he, but he, and he even, he used it to his advantage in several ways. Like he got rid of the guy he thinks killed his father. Mm-hmm. He got rid of any of the, the Nihil that are loyal to that guy. He also got rid of a big portion of the army that, that he was fighting because he didn't just walk them into a trap where they got obliterated. He took out a bunch of the enemy with them. Then he used the footage of that to fire up the rest of his, his gang. <laughs> So they'll they'll follow him even more, and then also makes the Republic think he's gone. Yes, I mean it. It was it was really well written, and it wasn't so. Like you said, I like those. Uh, I, I like the villains that think ten steps ahead, but I don't like it when it's um, completely unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Where every time the you know protagonist does something, does something unexpected, the guy's just like, "Yes, but I knew they would do that because of X, Y, and Z." It's like. Okay, but this is getting a little ridiculous. And then I knew that they would think that I would know they would do that, so they did the opposite. I'm like, no, uh, no, 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 no. Now you're just, you're just. This is just lazy writing. Where, <laughs> but, but to, it's different when it's like, well, this was all part of a, a grand plan, not like, well, I had every possible outcome covered, and if you did this, then I had, I also had this thing going on, and I knew that you would, you know, trip down the stairs as you were running away and end up going out the wrong door. And I'd be waiting for you. It's like, this is getting a little ridiculous. Like in mm-hmm. some of some like heist movies and stuff, you find out, well, that's what we were planning on all along. We were planning <laughs> on the whole thing going wrong. I'm like, well, you can't plan for that many things. But the way he set it up was more than just like, um, 
well, things went horribly wrong, but I just kind of expected they would. No, I, I made them go horribly wrong so that I could reap the benefits of it. So, yeah. Yeah, it was good. It was really well done. So then who do we think is his spy in the Republic? I have a theory. There was some, there was some mention of, um, I think, like a chancellor's assistant or something kept getting brought up, but didn't do anything, okay. at least that I noticed. And so I kind of wondered, like, why do they keep mentioning this person that's not doing anything? I don't think it's going to be the Chancellor themselves, because we've already done that. Right. Like, that's been done in Star Wars. Um, so, yeah, I, I wish I could remember the name. And and had I been, like, actually reading the book, I could have written it down. But since I was doing the book, I was like, that person, that person, whoever that person was. <laughs> they mentioned that person. I should have written that down. Um, aside from that, that's my only guess, is is the assistant. Okay. Because there there seemed to be no other reason to bring this person up and even call them by name. It could have been as simple as saying, well, the chancellor has many assistants. One of them will deal with this, but they, they did that uh, thing. But what, what's your idea? Um, my theory is Kevin Tarr. He was the the guy that set up that droid. Uh, oh, gotcha. System. He was supposed to be like this really oh. smart guy. And yeah. My theory was that, um, you know, maybe, maybe he's not as smart as he's coming off, you know, in front of all of these Republic people. Like he's getting this information from, Mar- I'm going to call it Marchion. Marchion. Mar- Marchion Rowe. Marchion. Oh, that's, that's the okay. one. Ad- the one advantage of doing the audiobooks is at least I'm pretty sure I know how they want me to pronounce these <laughs> things. Because a lot of times when I would read the books, I'm like, I don't know what this word is supposed to be. Right. But the audiobook kind of helps. The The downside is, is then some of the pronunciations, I'm like, I have no idea how that would be spelled out or written. <laughs> and then if I see it ri- written, I'm like, I don't know what that word is. And I don't make the connection that right. okay. <laughs> there's a bunch of silent letters in this alien's name. <laughs> so, so yeah, I thought him. And then he was the one who also identified like, oh, this is where they came from. So I, right. I saw that in my head is like, that's where Marcion told him to tell them where they came from. And, and on the one hand, you would think, well, why would his spy want to rig up all these droids to figure out where things were going to happen? But when you look at it from the point of view of what you know at the end of the book, well, that would make perfect sense. Mm-hmm. He would want someone in the Republic to be able to also figure it out because he wanted them to be there. So that that's, I like it. <laughs> I like the theory. I like the theory more than mine. I'm like, I think it's the guy they mentioned one time. It's totally him. No, yours actually makes sense. Because they, they talked about because, him a lot, too. And they talked yes. about, like, he didn't get, um, uh, like, all of the like the security authorizations that he, like, yes. kind of would have wanted. They, 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 they fast-tracked a lot of the stuff. And mm-hmm. they, they mention, I think they mentioned at the end that he goes to work for the Santecas at the end. Yeah. And then the Republic is like, and I think that's important, too. Yeah. I think that Marcian Rowe has more to do with the Santecas than we're led to believe. Like we know that he's got that girl captive Mm -hmm. and they make it seem like her family Santecas thinks she's dead maybe or, or they don't talk about her because there is some kind of mention of like, they don't, they don't make a big deal about how they got their wealth. They, they like, they don't try to think about how it happened. And so there's, there's some family history here. And I think that either, he may have been from that family or he has some connection to that family. So the fact that this guy that maybe his spy went to work for them. And I think wasn't the Republic talking at the end about like, we need to get him back and give him more of what he wants. Like, so, so I think he's like embedding himself further and further into this. And that would make a lot of sense. Um, and I don't, I don't know if you caught this with the name because his name is never said in, I don't think his name is ever said in the films. But you remember the beginning of The Force Awakens when um, Oscar Isaac goes to see the guy to get a piece of the map? 
Okay, I think so. And uh, it's the very first scene. He lands on the planet. The old guy gives him a piece of the map and tells him this will help you find Luke. And then Kylo Ren shows up and, and kills the old guy. Okay, yeah. That character's name is Lor Santeca. Oh. Which makes a lot of sense of if they are somehow tied to figuring out these hyperspace lanes. And this was the one guy that would know the missing piece of the map. Because I remember early on when that movie came out, it was like, how come people wouldn't know what's actually out there? You can just explore it. Well, it's not just about what planets are in that section. It's about knowing the lanes. That's what was missing from the map is they didn't have the hyperspace lanes of that area of space. Right. Like, okay, that makes sense. So when they, they introduced this idea that we're not going to give you Lor Santeca 200 years before. <laughs> Turns out he's super agent by the time you get to that movie. No, it's his family have been tied to exploration and hyperspace this whole time. I'm like, okay, all right. I like these like subtle ties. Yeah, that, you, yeah. that again, you don't have to know, but it, it makes me feel like they're including them that they're going to be they're going to be a really important part of this, especially now that we know that how much of this is wrapped up with not only lanes but hyperspace paths and that they're they they must be aware of them as well. And I can only imagine that the girl that's able to do this is tapping into the force somehow, mm-hmm. right? And they haven't really talked about how she does it. She just can can do it. So when they've introduced this idea of everybody has different relationships with the force and and strengths and things they can do, new skills, this could be hers. And maybe she was supposed to be tapped by the Jedi to at an early age and they were like, nope, with her special skill, we're going to keep her and make a fortune off of her. Like maybe that's the deep, dark secret of how they made their money. Right. And but then she I got think, kidnapped. <laughs> yeah. So there's there's not only they've not only set up this conflict between the two groups, but there's also this mystery going on with this family in the background that I like. So there's a lot more than because if it was just a conflict, you can go, okay, well, this will get resolved in within the next two hundred years. <laughs> What's intriguing to me is the mystery part mm-hmm. of what else is going on. What is the 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 bigger um ramifications of this that we're going to find out this this we didn't know a whole lot about the family but it is a family name that we've heard like there's more to this guy than 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 we knew and the way that star wars does things is we may see even though the actor has died we may see lawrence lawrence again as a young man in a disney plus series that took place you know in the prequel era right. <laughs> <laughs> like i think i think that's a character we'll, we'll see again because now you can reuse everybody because they don't have they don't tell their stories linearly you know, most of the Marvel stuff, most, not all, most of the Marvel stuff is we're moving forward. And occasionally we go throw you a Captain Marvel that took place 20 years ago. But for the most part, we move forward. Mm-hmm. Whereas Star Wars, we're just constantly like, okay, here's a story here. Here's a story 20 years before that. And so any of these people, we could we could see a connection to at some point. And that's why I get excited about these little connections. I'm like, okay, so this this could just be like a familiar name now, but it could be super important later. Right. And it was funny, like, I can't wait to read the rest of the books because this really did piqued my interest. Then I was like, no, I don't want to read anything else until we sit down and record this because I don't want to get confused <laughs> about where I read something. Yes. I also don't want to be that guy where you're like, I have a theory that the spy could be this person. I'm just like, no, when you read the second book, oh, I have to do this move, <laughs> this annoying move where people go, well, actually, <laughs> in the third book, it's revealed he dies and they still have this. I'm like, no, I don't want to do that. And I also don't want to be going like, oh, Oh yeah, that's a good theory, but I can't tell you if it's right. So I'm like, no, just don't read anything. So I've got this like stack of books over here. I've been looking at. I'm like, don't touch them. Don't touch them. <laughs> don't even read the comic books. Like some of the covers look cool. Like one of the comics has the 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 Trandoshan Jedi with the missing arm, mm. and he talks about how his arm's going to grow back. And then on one of the other like pieces of art I've seen, his arm is starting to grow back. I'm like, that's that guy. Okay, nice. <laughs> so I like that it is all going to be connected. I didn't know if it was going to be 
stories within this conflict, but that aren't that are that are related because they're in the conflict, but don't share characters, or if we're actually going to see the same characters moving through all of this. And I'm happy that we will, because now when I read the comics, I'll have a better idea of what some of them look like. Because mm-hmm. I'm kind of picturing them, but it is so many new people that I'm just like, oh wait, okay, what's this guy? I got to remember like some detail where they describe what it looks like. But as soon as I see him in the comics, I'll have a better idea of, okay, right now I'm just basing it off whatever species they say they are, which isn't a whole lot to go on in some cases, especially like a lot of them are human. I so I'm like, okay, Google. it's just a dude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And there's um the, the research that I did, there's uh, this really great infographic on, I think it was starwars.com. Um, and it shows like the general timeline of everything that's mm-hmm. been published so far. And it really looks like light of the Jedi and, um, what they call, I think they call it the incident or, or something like yes. that. Um, and it sets off all of these separate all stories. Um, and so you've got one that's going to be set like right before the starlight beacon dedication ceremony. And, um, one that's set like after the, the Nihil really like reveal themselves. And, um, so I'm really interested in, in, in learning all of these stories and then getting, uh, to read the next book too. Yeah, I'm going to jump into the comics next. And there's there's the two comic series that are going on at the same time. One is just uh, High Republic and one is High Republic Adventures, which is more like aimed at kids. But since it all ties in the canon, I want to read it all anyways. But the next book I'm going to read is the Into the Dark, which apparently takes place concurrently. It's not right after. Apparently it goes on at the same time. But you need to know what like the incident, which I, be- I believe, unless something bigger is about to happen, would be the collision that took place in hyperspace mm-hmm. um, that caused so many deaths. Like this book takes place at the same time as that. And so I'm like, okay, that's next. That has to be next, but at least I can start the comic series now. And I think in that series, you're supposed to already know about the, what is it called the incident? I think, it, Oh yeah, I think it is the great. It's called, isn't it called the great something? The great, Oh man, I can't remember. My memory is so bad. Ah, there it is. The great disaster. The great disaster when the legacy run crashed into or didn't crash into something, but basically exploded in hyperspace. Okay. Yeah. Well, I think they did refer to it as the incident and maybe some of the, um, cause this, when this was announced that they had something new in development, I think it was called like project luminous. I think so. Something. And it was, I think it, that might've been a reference to the starlight beacon without them saying, we're going to have this thing called the starlight beacon, because then you'd be like, well, what's that? Um, so they just called this whole thing Project Luminous. Maybe also because the, the, the first book is called Light of the Jedi. So like, But I, I like how the two books come out at the same time. And one is Light of the Jedi and the other is Into the Dark. Mm-hmm. And it's like they're like flip sides of the same coin. And they, I don't think that book shares characters. I think it's a story, another Jedi story that's happening at the same time mm-hmm. that, of course, will be related in some way that we're not supposed to know about yet. Right. So I'm very curious about that. And then there's, I think there's a, a book coming out in June something coming out in July and something coming out in August. So there's a bunch of new stuff coming out this summer. So it's gonna be a lot to keep up with, but it's, it's not so much that I can't keep up with it. And it's, it's not so little that by like, by the time the next book comes out, I don't remember what happened in the previous one. It's, it's, I was looking at like the time frame, I'm like this is about right. Cause I can, I won't feel like, well, now I can only read star Wars books. To keep up. <laughs> I can read a star Wars book and then do like two or three other books and then keep it a star Wars book in a constant rotation to keep up with it. So, and it's not like, um, you know, when, when it was just Star Wars movies, it's like, oh, that was great. Can't wait for the next one in three years. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so I, you know, I like, I like what they're doing with this and I like that they, it looks like they put a ton of thought into it 
in advance. Like we're going to get a lot of this stuff written and ready to go and launch it all at once. Yeah. We've got this whole team and they've got this whole storyboard kind of, you know, planned out and it's not just like, yeah, we'll do it on the fly, which you could, you know, if you compare it to like the Marvel movies, you know, you can say in phase one that was, you know, all kind of on the fly. They had like a general idea of what they wanted to do and then started, you know, looking more long-term. Well, yeah, because like when you think about, when they did Iron Man, by the time they did Hulk and they had that Tony Stark cameo in Hulk, they it wasn't until the last minute they decided to go through with it. They they almost pulled it. Mm-hmm. They almost decided, like, no, we can't do this. This is crazy. We can't cross <laughs> these movies over. So I, I like, but but like you said, when when you get to phase two, they were all in. Like, we already know that every movie is going to have like a post-credit scene that, that you know, so, some of those early post-credit scenes were kind of just trailers mm-hmm. for another movie. Like, I think post-credits to... Captain America, I think he wakes up in the present, but then the, the, the post credit scene is literally just a trailer for Avengers. But yeah. then when you get to like phase two, those post credit scenes are not just clips from another movie. They're just, hey, here's some characters from another movie that this is how this connects to that. I'm like, oh, you know, by that point, we're all in. This is all connected. And I like that that's what this feels like. When I yeah. started reading about this or when I looked at those covers and saw, hey, that's the guy from the book I just read. He's also in this comic. Okay, this isn't five different writers working in silos, like in their own little bubble, Mm -hmm. write a story during this time period. They had to be working together to make all this stuff work. Mm -hmm. So So. we're really going to get, I think a strong story. You know, it's, they, they know from the get go that we have to work together and we need Mm -hmm. to make these stories make sense. So you're not going to get those weird, you know, like you do with Marvel. Like why, why did he show up at the end of those end credit scenes? Mm -hmm. That doesn't fit. Um, Mm -hmm we're really going to get like a, no, everything is really planned out and we know yep. where every character needs to be in, you know, in what storyline. Yep. I'm excited. Me too. I'm excited. Not, not just for like something new to read, but to, to be excited about star Wars books again. Like I, I've enjoyed, I'm looking at this giant bookshelf over here. That's all star Wars. And I'm like, I've read 90% of what's on there, but it did get to the point that it was starting to feel repetitive and, and books were coming out and I'd like, Oh, new books out. I got to go get it. And I was like, yeah, I'll read this later. Cause I'm just, not, I mean, you know, I would never do that with a Star Wars movie or even a <laughs> Disney Plus show. I wouldn't be like, oh, third episode of Mandalorian's out. I guess I'll watch it like in a month. No, yeah. but the books, the books were getting that way with me and the comics were too. They just had so many coming out and I couldn't keep up with them for a while and it was getting really expensive. So I felt completely behind. I don't know what's going on there. And then when they announced this, it it felt good for a couple of reasons. One, in that they were all going to be connected. And two, that it did kind of feel like I can just start over. Like, I don't have to worry about what's going on in this, like, I forget what it's called. I think it's called, like, the Alphabet Squadron series of books that takes place, be- like, right after Return of the Jedi. I'm like, it doesn't matter anymore. I'm going to I'm gonna go shift my attention over to this new place where I get a clean start. It'll still be connected. But I don't feel like as I'm reading this, like, oh, wait, I was supposed to read these other three books first that I'm behind on. It was nice to just kind of, like, shed it and go, I'll come back to this later when I have time. Because it, it was getting to be too much. There's And, um... With the other Star Wars material, it felt like although they can't conflict because they have to work within the universe, the comics were kind of doing their thing and the books were kind of doing their thing. And the comics took some liberties that I didn't like. Like they they came up with the new Star Wars comic and it took place right after A New Hope. And within like the first three or four issues, Luke fights Darth Vader. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, come on. He doesn't even know how to use a lightsaber. Right. And they made a big deal out of it. Like, yeah, we're just taking risks and we're doing things people wouldn't expect. I'm like, yeah, but but I read that and I was like, no, he shouldn't face him until Empire Strikes Back. I don't like this. Yeah. And and I realized part of the reason I wasn't enjoying the comics is because I'm bringing all this baggage of what I think 
should and shouldn't happen. And they're doing interesting things, whether I like it or not. But when you go into a new time period where I have no attachment to any of these characters, I'm not going, um, let me just grab some random name. <laughs> Avar, Master Avar Chris can't be on this ship at that time. Because <laughs> I don't know. I don't care. I'm like, cool. All right. You know, this just Jedi is going to be in charge of the the um, the station. Mm-hmm. And like, I'm not bringing that baggage of going, well, I don't believe that Luke would be doing this at that time. So it's, it's nice. It's a, it's a, it's a universe that I love, but I don't have my biases and and my set of expectations on what, this is what I would have done with Han Solo. Like, I don't have to deal with any of that stuff or listen to what other people think about what, what's wrong with it. I don't have to, you know, it's not like this book came out and, and we had to hear the like internet reaction of people that said star Wars is ruined. It's there's only a, like a small group subset of the fandom that's even reading these books. So it's, it's really refreshing to not have to hear everyone bitch about well I didn't like, eh, then don't read it. <laughs> it's not for you. So it's kind of nice because that, that is one thing that I, I don't want to say I got burnt out on star Wars, but I did really like the backlash to the, the last couple of movies. It was exhausting mm-hmm. for someone that loves star Wars as much as me to just always have to hear everybody's opinion about why it sucked. And this is coming from someone that used to do a star Wars podcast. I was just tired of (laughs) listening to other, you know, like I didn't want to do it anymore for after a while of just constantly, everyone wants to bitch to me. Oh, you like star Wars? Well, you like that last movie? It sucked. I'm like, who does that with any other movie? Right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So this is cool. This is, it's got me excited about something that I've, I love, you know, again, where I was just, I was starting, I I don't burnout isn't the right word. It's just kind of like, do I really want to get into this and then have to hear people's opinions? Well, this is cool because it's like a little corner of the galaxy that I think most casual Star Wars fans don't even know is there. So I can go enjoy this again without someone seeing me walking down the street reading the book and they yell out of their car window, High Republic era blows! <laughs> <laughs> or or there's an online petition for Disney to wipe out the High Republic era and start over. You know, oh, like yeah. none of that, none of that just ridiculous stuff about the fandom that that drove me nuts. So it's really cool. It's really cool. So, it does feel like a clean slate without rebooting it, without going out. We're just going to start over. Mm-hmm. We just start over 200 years earlier. <laughs> so what do you think about the the sort of implied romance between Avar Chris and Elzar Man? I think that's awesome. I, fi- I, I find the fact that they they can explore this idea of these two Jedi that obviously have some sort of feelings between each other, but know they're not supposed to act on it. And and. My hope is that they never do. We just get to keep exploring what that's like for them, right. you know, um, and how that can compromise missions maybe or, or decisions they make. But we've already seen, kind of seen that story mm-hmm. in Anakin. Like, like, let's see the other side of it, of two people that know they can't do anything about it, but it's still going to affect them. They can't turn it off. They can just choose not to act on it. That to me is is interesting. They're strong enough to resist yeah. yeah, and and it will still complicate things. You know, if if they're in a battle and three Jedi are in danger and one of them is the one that they have feelings for, it's like, well, what do you do? You know, uh, do you go out of your way to not save them to prove that you didn't have attachments? Right. <laughs> right. So I think that's far more interesting. And I, I really just don't want them to do anything that, that's that's already been done in the main story. Yeah, I agree. I was like, please don't give me a Elzon goes bad and... All that kind of stuff. Yeah, I don't need any of them to turn. Mm-hmm. I don't need any of them to turn the dark side. That's the other thing. One of the, in some of the really, really old stuff, the way that like people fell to the dark side was just like they made one bad decision and then it was like, oh no, I'm dark now. <laughs> <laughs> 
and they were like instantly evil. And I was like, oh no, that's not how. I don't think that's how it's supposed to work. Yeah. So I mean, I I I don't really. I don't think there was any mention in this book at all of like the dark side. Yeah. Of like, no, don't do that. That's of the dark side. Not I'm like, uh, we're we we we've moved beyond that. Like we we did we did nine movies about that subject. We don't need to touch on that at all because right now you're in a time period where there are are supposedly only Jedi. Mm-hmm. And sure, they in their training when they're young, they probably like no, you know, don't do that because it's that's tapping into the dark side or whatever. But like, I don't want that to be the whole thing. Are, are we wondering if someone's going to turn dark? I, I don't want that at all, unless they do it in a very new way down the road. But I didn't want them to start off with that right off the bat. Yeah, either a secret Sith, uh, a Jedi who's secretly dark. Or any, or you know, the chancellor, the high chancellor, it turns out is actually the bad guy. It's like, no, all of this has been done. Mm-hmm. You've got to come back and do something original. And I feel like they did. I really feel like they did. I do. I agree. Just the fact that the central incident didn't involve the Jedi at all, and it took a while to actually get to the point that they got involved, mm-hmm. and then to have it turn out, it was a way to drag them in. And so he didn't attack the Jedi head on to get them involved. He he set them up to get involved. Yeah, I like it. I did have one other question. What do we think is this strange purple relic that... I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I was so curious about that because here's... The, this is another thing because... I And I clearly remember this. I was in my kitchen making eggs. So I had my hands full and he started to describe it. And I was like, damn it. This is why I wish I was reading the book at this point because mm-hmm. I could stop, put it down on this page and then go back and reread that part over and over again because it it sounded so vague this is another one of those things that I was like, did I just not understand what this was supposed to be because I'm listening to a book and I'm a little distracted or was I not supposed to understand what this was? And we're going to find out later. And I was going to ask you, I meant to ask you like, Hey, what it like, I was going to wait till we were done and be like, Hey, what was the purple thing? Like, I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't catch it. Cause it went by so fast. So no, I'm glad you asked that. I have no idea. Yeah, me either. I, I had all of these thoughts at the end of the, the book thinking you know because so it, who did it glow and uh you know i can't remember if it glowed i i feel kind of like it, it did because like why otherwise why say that it's purple yeah um, i thought they said it was a purple light so like and then i was like they said something about a purple light so i was like wait did he just ignite like a lightsaber no i don't think it's a lightsaber they were just said it said it was a lightsaber but they also made it seem like it was kind of ominous and mm-hmm. a purple lightsaber wouldn't be ominous they would have said he had a red one so i was like well is it a holocron and i'm like no because the Jedi holocrons are usually shown as blue, maybe green sometimes, and the Sith ones are red. Right. So I don't think it's – if they kept saying purple light. So I think it's I, – I don't know if that's supposed to be a clue. Like, this is something new. I mean, if it had been like – and then he ignited a red light, I'm like, okay, lightsaber. Right. You know, like, the fact that it's purple. So maybe we're not supposed to know yet. it's a but – Yeah, it's something. Mm-hmm. But we're not – I'm hoping we're not supposed to know about because if I was supposed to know, then I'm already at a loss when I go into the next <laughs> book. <laughs> But I think I forget what the uh, I had it up here. You know, they, you mentioned all the different authors and the types of stuff they are doing. Let's see. Here we go. So novels. So the young adult book, The High Republic Into the Dark, is already out. Mm-hmm. Um, the junior book, A Test of Courage, is out. And then there's a kid's book called like Jedi Rescue or something. Those are out. But I think the next thing that's, that's probably the true what I would consider like a true sequel to this. Like if you think of it in terms of Marvel, right. If light of the Jedi is Iron Man, then this one called rising storm is Iron Man two. Whereas into the dark is like, that's, that's captain America. And then out of the shadows is captain America too. Like, like they're all, I think they're all going to tell their own stories. 
in this larger story. Now, I don't know that there will be an, like an adventures where they all, <laughs> all of them cut together. I think the whole thing, like the whole idea of this high Republic is the idea of the Avengers. Mm-hmm. So all of this, out of all of this stuff, if, if I'm correct in thinking of how this is working, then the, the rising storm is the one I'm looking forward to the most because mm-hmm, I need to see what happens next. And I, I just based on the title, the rising storm, like he talked about Marcian Rowe talking about, you know, this make he's the, the storm now it's it's, yeah. it's him and all of them so it it feels to me like that's because i do kind of wonder like these other books it may turn out that there's a there's different villains in them like maybe there's a bunch of stuff going on at the same time that happened as a result of the 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 great disaster you know that's that's possible too i don't necessarily know that the villains of into the dark are the nile because i haven't read it yet or even looked into it i've tried to avoid everything possible mm-hmm. um but now i i can't wait for this book and let me i'm going to check it comes out see on june when, oh, okay that's that's exactly what i was going to do i was going to look that up i wanted to see when that was coming out so happy early birthday to me oh nice <laughs> <laughs> so yeah that's uh that's going to be i mean I, i'm going to try to be caught up on everything before that comes out which will be nice because when the first this stuff came out in like January, February, and then it all came out at once. And I just felt overwhelmed and I was reading other things. Mm-hmm. So now my goal will be to be caught up by the time that comes out. So when I read it, I will not only be reading like, okay, I'm getting the sequel to the book I really liked, but also know all the other stuff and see if it's important to this story or know if these are going to be like separate threads within a bigger story. Right. Super excited. I mean, I haven't been excited for a, a book coming out like this in a very long time because they've been putting out so many Star Wars books that are part of the bigger story but related to each other but kind of not because they can't make huge impacts on the canon mm-hmm. they can't change anything that i'm just like well, i'll read i'll get around to reading this but when this one comes out i want to like i want to know now yeah yeah <laughs> so I, I agree i can't remember the last time that i had a series that i was super excited to mm-hmm. you know get the next book to come out you know I'm, to and be honest that comes to I, mind it, like it, harry potter like, i was, was just gonna say I, it, it was probably harry potter Mm-hmm. Harry Potter is the last time I can remember reading a series that I was, I would sit down on the day the book came out and start reading it. And I didn't jump in. I mean, I didn't get caught up to like till the fifth book. So only book six and seven did I read on launch day. Mm-hmm. But, but I literally had seven pre-ordered and it arrived in the mail and I read, I opened it. Like I went out, got the mail, sat down and started reading. It wasn't like, cool, I can start this tomorrow or next week. It was like, okay, great. It's here. Let me sit down and read. Um, and that's how I feel about this book. I want to be caught up by this time it comes out so I can dive in and not, not have it sitting there steer and like staring at it for a month going, man, when I catch up on all those comic books, I can read this. It's like, I'm going to be ready for it. Mm-hmm. Super excited again about reading. You know, actually, now that I think about it, I do think I was excited for the fifth game of Thrones book because it wasn't out by the time that I, um, caught up in the series, but that, that <laughs> it's a series that I'm, I've sort of really lost interest in. Um, and, and the writing is just so, I don't know, convoluted and detailed sometimes that I, I couldn't even get myself to finish the fifth book. So he just spends too much time on other characters that I really don't care about sometimes. Like, I really, like, I can't skip this because I need to know what happens to you for the whole story. But I really want to skip this. <laughs> I have all the books and I started reading them while I was watching the show. Mm. And then I decided, you know what, like, but then I'd, I'd not lose interest, but I'd realize I, I, a time had passed and I couldn't remember exactly what was going on. Yeah. And so in the end, I was like, you know what, 
And then, and then I'd hear people complaining about the differences between the show and the book. I'm like, maybe I'll wait till the show's over. So I won't be making those comparisons or get confused. Like, wait, isn't this person dead? So then I waited till the show was over. And then I was like, okay, now I need to sit down and read it. And I started looking into how long it's going to take before we might actually get the last book. <laughs> and I finally just kind of went, you know what? I'm going to read these when they're done, mm-hmm. when they're all out. Cause I was like, what's the point of reading through all, all the books except the last one. And then what if it's like a five-year wait? Right. <laughs> and I forget, I'll, because here's the thing, I will have forgotten the differences between the book and the film or book and the TV show by that point. And then the, the last book will be confusing. So I kind of felt like if I wait till all the books are done and then I sit down and I power through them, I will have kind of forgotten what happened in the show enough to not be confused. And then maybe watch the show again after that to see like, okay, now I can ha- draw my own conclusion on what they changed. But I just, it's just too long. It's too long in between. Mm-hmm. I'm scared of like, Oh, the book was delayed another two years. Oh, do I need to start over? So I just, they're sitting here. I've got like nice hardcover sitting on my shelf, looking at me like, read me, read me. I'm like, no, 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 not today. Not today. <laughs> oh, it's like I always say, what do we say to the Game of Thrones books? Not today. <laughs> All right. Well, should we end it there? <laughs> I, I don't think you're going to find a better ending than that. Well, thank you to everyone for joining us tonight. We hope you enjoyed this conversation about Star Wars. We definitely enjoy talking about it and reading or listening to the book. Totally. (laughs) Two thumbs up. Two thumbs way up. Patrick, any final words? No, I mean, how do I say this? Like, I really, really liked it. And so anyone that knows me will be like, yeah, but you really like Star Wars. I'm like, no, no, no. But that's the thing. I really like Star Wars. And I really liked this. Mm -hmm. I'm like critical of Star Wars. Like something brand new that I don't know. I'm not one of those people that usually critical of star Wars in the way of going like that sucked. It wasn't what I wanted. I've just gotten to the point that's like, yeah, I like most of the stuff, but I'm getting to the point that a lot of like the extra stuff that comes out is like, I'm like, it's fine. Mm -hmm. The books are fine. The comics are, are fine. Sometimes I question some of the things they, they do, but with this, I'm like, no, this was really good. This was really good. And I'm excited again. Mm -hmm. So I'm, you know, I don't know how to explain it. I mean, I guess it would be like if we love the Harry Potter books, but if let me just, let me do a quick count here. One, two, three, four, five, six. Okay. So on that shelf over there, I've got about 60 star Wars books, 60 and I've read most of them. Now those are only the new ones since Disney bottom. So I probably read 50 or 60 books before that. So the way I look at it is if, 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 if I asked you, Hey, how was the new Harry Potter book? And you're like, it's really, really good. And I go, yeah, but you know, you like all the Harry Potter books and you're like, <laughs> yeah, but there's 200 Harry Potter books. And I'm telling you that out of this 200, this is really good. <laughs> you know, it's different when it's a smaller series, like seven right. books. But in this case, it's like, yeah, okay. I like most of the stuff, but I'm telling you out of these like 200 books I've read, <laughs> this is, this is the one I would recommend to anybody. If they were like, if I want to read, if I want to get into anything other than Star Wars film television, where would I go? I'd be like, Go High Republic yeah. because you don't need to know any of this other stuff. And you won't get like tricked into getting partway into it and then realizing, oh, no, I was supposed to read these other 10 books to understand this. Now I got to stop and switch over. It's like, no, just you can just read through the High Republic stuff as it comes out. Mm-hmm. It looks like it's going to come out linearly. It's not going to be a thing like, oh, now we're going to write this book that took place 10 years before. <sighs> yeah. So I, I like it. It's 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 a clean slate without 
erasing what's happened in the past. Like you can just start. It's a, it's a really nice entry point for, for anyone that like casually enjoys star Wars. You're like, Oh, this is cool. But the fact that they have so many books and comics is overwhelming. And Oh, do I need to have seen all seven episodes or seasons of clone wars? Nope. Do I need to watch rebels? Nope. Do I need to be watching the Mandalorian? Nope. If you like star Wars at all, you can totally read this book and get a lot out of it mm-hmm. without having to feel like I'm going to be lost. And like you said, if there's things you don't right away recognize, like what kind of alien is that? That's what the internet's for. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Trandoshan. Twi'lek. <laughs> oh, okay, they're the guys with the head tails. Got it. <laughs> What's a leku? <laughs> it's a brain tail. Like, but I mean, that's the easy stuff. That's not the, the like, I don't understand what they're referring to when they talk about the Battle of Tanab. Let me go look up the Battle of Tanab. Right. Oh, crap. I've got to read about Lando's maneuver at the Battle of Tanab. Oh, I probably should read the book that that took place in. It's not like that. It's, it's, it's just cleaner. It's just much cleaner. And it was very enjoyable. Mm-hmm. So... Loved it. Loved it. And, you know, a new type of villain for Star Wars. I mean, yeah, everything we've dealt with in the films up to this point is is Jedi versus Sith. Mm-hmm. Even when you when they keep saying it's not going to be the Sith this time, it, it's the Sith this time. You know, like, <laughs> so this time it is they really did have to invent somebody else that could go toe to toe with the Jedi. I think they did a great job mm-hmm. of it. All right. Well, I think that wraps us up for tonight. Um, thank you so much for joining us, everyone, and may the Force be with you. Yes, may the Force be with you. And happy Life Day! I don't think today is Life Day. <laughs> thank you for joining us today. Follow us on Instagram at The Finitings Club Podcast. Connect with us on Goodreads at goodreads.com slash the club podcast. If you wish to send us correspondence, you may do so via electronic mail at the podcast at gmail.com. Join us again next time for a deep dive into another great book. And until then, may the fourth be with you.